Hello, beautiful people. I'm so excited for the topic today. I really think this is gonna be a great discussion. I am Haley Helveston. Welcome back to your guide to love. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have a special guest here today. This is Tilly Storm. She is a holistic sex coach, jade egg, and tantric sex coach. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Haley. Yes, you're welcome. So I'm super excited because I think that with everything going on in the world now, people need pleasure more than ever. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> fortunately, it's not really happening that way. And most people don't see it that way because they're so in survival mode. But yeah, it's, it's like a lifeline for us right now. Yes, I agree with you. And that's something that I think the work that we're both doing is even more important, though, it was explaining that to people because two weeks ago, I kind of got stuck in that survival mode. And then I got out of it and made me realize how important this work is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been on the roller coaster too. I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't gotten shook up yeah. <laughs> or whose feathers haven't been rattled. But yeah, being able to come back to pleasure and make that an absolute necessity and not see it as like a luxury thing that you get to have when everything goes back, goes back to normal. Like that's really freaking dangerous if you've got that mindset going on right now. A lot of people do, unfortunately. Wait, say that again. They have the mindset that pleasure is a luxury? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Your pleasure as a woman is not a luxury item. <laughs> mm. Okay, so why do you think that they think that? Uh, because a lot of women are having a really hard time making that a priority right now because they're so stuck in survival mode that like their pleasure is the last thing on their minds. When if they could recognize that their pleasure is their life force and that it gives you more energy, that it helps take you out of survival mode, which no one, it, like the thing about being in survival mode is that your nervous system gets so shut down, you can't operate and be effective in dealing with your kids, dealing with your family, dealing with your partner if you have one. Like survival mode is a very dangerous place to stay in longer than your body was meant to be in it. But that's what is happening right now is that people are staying in that mode and they're not coming out of it and Mm. the way to get out of it. (laughs) You know, I was in that mode for a while and I noticed that it made me tired all of the time Mm -hmm. and I was constantly drained. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the people in that right now that are stuck in the root chakra, if they could get in the more in the pleasure, they wouldn't be as tired. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> pleasure is your, is your energy for women. Like that is the source of energy for women. Like we're all walking around, you know, I don't know how many of your moms out there, but like I have kids and now I have to homeschool them and run a business. You know, it's crazy town. Uh, but I literally don't know how I would do it if I didn't have access to pleasure because I would be so completely burnt out. Like there's no way I could just like get up every morning and continue to do this. I would, I would just want to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, the more that I just make my pleasure priority, I get up and I do my pleasure practices. I connect with my body every single day. Um, I meditate every single morning. Like that is 
the only thing that's getting me through this time right now. And it just makes me really sad that like I have, you know, a lot of people that follow me uh, that are in my coaching programs and they're just all really struggling to continue to do those things. And I get it. I totally get it. Cause I'm right there with them. You know, I have totally fallen off the wagon a couple times. Um, but I've just had to get back up and get back on the freaking wagon because it's the only way to make it through this and like come out thriving and not just stuck in perpetual survival. Mm. Yeah. And I've been that way too, but it's not a way to live. Mm -mm. Like you don't want to live in that state where all your focus is, is your survival. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not an effective human being and you're not like serving humanity. If that's where you're staying at, um, all you're doing is dragging other people down. But the thing is like, not, nothing is actually happening to you unless you're sick, unless you're getting sick, like nothing is actually happening to you. And that's part of, you know, the stuff that I teach in my course in my group programs is like all on nervous system regulation. How can you downregulate from that perpetual fear of getting sick and like how can you deal with those reactions that you're having that are bringing you back into survival mode because that increased cortisol that you're experiencing because you're constantly in fear is actually weakening your immune system and making you more likely to get sick so we can learn control over our nervous systems and come back to our bodies and recognize wait actually in this moment nothing is happening I'm okay. I have a roof over my head. I have food in the fridge and I'm not sick, you know? So like, that's where we need to be is coming back to the present, coming back to the body. And the more that we can do this, the quicker this is going to end. <laughs> Doing that as a collective, it would end a lot quicker. You're really, can we all on just do a group meditation and then <laughs> talk about pleasure? <laughs> yes, yeah, <so> only. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so I love that you talk about nervous system though, because I feel like when you're stuck in that fight or flight, thoughts are racing, our conversation is going to sound crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about it that you'd like me to speak more of? In particular? Well, I would love to speak on, because you know, I'm, I work with women. I used to be in corporate America, so I work with a lot of women that used to be in corporate jobs or they're still in corporate America hyper-masculine, really disconnected from feminine energy. And I would love for you to speak on that. Do you work with women like that too, that are like, I don't even like feminine energy, intuition, pleasure, that's just over here. I'm in the get shit done mode. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, if you're really disconnected from feminine energy, it's just conditioning. Uh, it's just your conditioning to be a people pleaser, to seek your your internal worthiness by how much you can accomplish, uh, by how many degrees and accolades you can rack up. Um, that's your conditioning. And it's really important if that's kind of how you are, like there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, like, is it really serving you anymore? <laughs> Probably not um, because it's keeping you from your pleasure. Like when I get women like that in my programs and one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's a lot of they will not make their pleasure a priority. They like it's so hard for them to do that because pleasure is like a frivolous thing, right? Like, but wait, I don't get rewarded for pleasure. Like nobody's gonna praise me or any of that because I'm having a better sex life. <laughs> like it doesn't register in their brains. Um, 
so yeah, working with your conditioning to like rewrite a sexual narrative around what pleasure and sex can mean for you and how supportive it can be to your career, to who you are as a woman, to your dating and relationships and your relationships in general. Like it's a really big deal. Mm. And think about what a nicer person you are too, or at least I've noticed with me. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the number one thing I hear with women that are super and overdrive masculine corporate jobs is that they don't know how to let go of control and surrender. Mm -hmm. And how that shows up in the bedroom is just that they, they don't have orgasms or the ones that do are really shitty. Uh, So yeah, you, there's, you know, surrender is the final component of orgasm. It's what takes you from pleasure into the orgasmic state is the ability to let go of control and surrender to the experience. But women that are not connected to their femininity and don't trust them, that they, there's no safety in their body to surrender. That's, that's why you don't have great orgasms or that you don't at all. Mm. Yeah, and I say that in my bio too. I speak about that. Is yeah, if you don't feel safe, you can't even get out of your head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like going into your head is just a trauma response. Actually, uh, it's it's what your body does because it knows it's safe to be in your head and to not be in your body. You know, again, conditioning because <laughs> you mm-hmm. get praised for being in your head all growing up and for being super intelligent and smart and being that woman that can go out and get any job and be empowered. Cool. Uh, But it's a trauma response because deep down your brain doesn't feel safe to inhabit your body, to be embodied, to actually feel what's in your body. That feels completely unsafe for most women, not just, you know, corporate women or anything, but just women in general, it doesn't feel safe to be in your body. Mm-hmm. So you <laughs> but why would you say that? Because I've, I've dealt with that a lot. Like even when I first started my business, when I switched from health coaching to sexuality relationship coaching, all of a sudden I felt like, oh, is it safe to talk about this? And so why would you say that women feel that? Well, it's not about reasoning. It's about the body's response to the conditioning. So it when you get shamed or guilted or punished for touching yourself when you're little because i don't know anybody that hasn't (laughs) like we have all got that um or you know if you were playing around with your friends when you were six years old and then someone fussed at you like that all registers to your body that pleasure isn't safe that it's not safe to explore your body and be in your body and it happens to babies. So sometimes it's not even like when you're a little kid, it's when you're a baby because babies naturally touch themselves and they just, they have this, we all are born with an innate orgasmic potential. We all came here with like, we're all seeking pleasure all the time. Mm-hmm. Babies are always seeking pleasure and that gets stifled by the conditioning, by the events that happen to us over time. So, you know, women are always like, well, I don't have any sexual trauma. And I'm like, bullshit, you do. You got raised in patriarchy, bitch. You've got trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're like, okay, I'm from New Orleans, y'all. I I can get a little fiery, okay? No, hey, I'm from Alabama. I love it. (laughs) 
Okay, good. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like just by the mere fact that you got raised under a patriarchal world order where women's pleasure has always been less than and worth less than men's, you are thereby not experiencing the capacity of pleasure that was once available to your body when you first got here. Um, so going to your head is just a way of your of escaping being in your body because it is safe to be in your head. It's an escape. It's a flight response. So when you can create enough safety in your body uh, to come home to it, which that's a, that's a big process right there. That's not like, I can't just give you a three-step process, do this and you'll feel safe again. No, it's like, you've got to be held in that. Um, that's, that's something that you can only do like in a one-on-one -on -one setting or maybe a group setting where others are witnessing you. Um, but you've got to register to your body that's safe to inhabit it, to embody it, to come home to it in all of your pleasure and all of your sexiness. But when you do that, it's like the world blows open. <laughs> And you become that much more powerful because you've reclaimed the parts of you that have, that is the reason patriarchy has existed in the first place to smush a woman's power. Right. Mm. So when you reclaim that, it's like you're reclaiming all your power and you're saying, screw patriarchy. <laughs> yes. I love that. And I'll, one of the reasons why I do all of this is because I was on an antidepressant and birth control and hello, growing up in Alabama, the programming around sexuality. Mm -hmm. and growing up religious. <laughs> yeah. so I didn't have an orgasm at all. And I thought there was something wrong with me. And so mm -hmm. that's what led me down the rabbit hole of doing this. Mm -hmm. um, but was it similar for you? You couldn't have an orgasm either? Or what was your, why no, did you get into that? Uh, so I never struggled with that, but I, uh, it's interesting that women always like, well, I got raised here. So it's different than where you got raised because let's just clear that up right now. There is no culture on planet earth at all that celebrates a woman's sexuality. Mm, true. Okay. So let's just clear that up. You may have got raised in China. You may have got raised in Denmark, even where people think it's, it's better there. no, there is not a single culture on the planet that celebrates a woman's sexuality. There just isn't on the by and large. Uh, so it's not about where you got raised. <laughs> Everybody got the same shit. Um, so I did too. You did too. You know, I, there's not a person listening to this right now. That's like, yeah, I don't relate to that because I'm positive that you do in some way. Uh, so yeah, it's, for me, it was the guilt and the shame that I had. I had guilt around having sex and not being married. And I had shame around my body. Um, I remember being six and walking out of the bathroom naked and my parents were just fuss at me. Like why they would like expect me to have clothes on before I came out of a hot human bathroom. And I'm like, I'm just walking to my room to go put clothes on, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so I just got this level of uh, shame and disgust around my body. I thought there was something wrong with it. And, um, you know, like having my period, I didn't tell my mom I had a period for an entire year mm. after I did. Um, so it was just an awful, awful body shame and sexual guilt. Once I did start having sex, I actually had my first orgasm by hugging a guy when I was like 16. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know uh, it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was like, um, you know, I never touched myself because of the, the body shame that I got. So I didn't masturbate until after I had sex. Isn't that sad? Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was 18 when I had sex for the first time and, um, I, that was my kid's dad and I had a baby when I was 23. We had already gotten married. We got married because I thought that that would unconsciously, I didn't know it at the time, but I married him unconsciously because I thought that would get rid of the guilt that mm. I had for actually having sex with someone I wasn't married to. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Like, uh, it doesn't shock me. Yeah. When you're so young, it's like, you don't know why you're doing really what you're doing. Mm -hmm. it's just unconscious stuff. But when I had and did that help you or probably not? Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. When I was 23, I had my first baby and, um, that's kind of when I started to realize and wake up like, Oh my God, everything I was taught about my body and sex is a bunch of bullshit. Like oh. I had the most empowering birth experience I actually had an unassisted home birth. So I had my baby at home with just me and his dad. Um, and I know that's not a popular choice, but it was a choice that I knew was right for me at the time. Uh, so I did it. And I'm very thankful that I had planned it that way because I ended up having a precipitous birth, which is like, um, I only knew I was in labor for two hours. So I had him so quick. It's like by the time I would have thought that I should go to the birth center or a hospital in the first place, I would have never made it there. I would have ended up having that kid by myself anyway. <laughs> Um, but I had planned it to have, you know, um, an assistant at home and it was the most epic, amazing experience ever. Uh, it woke me up and it brought me into this new, like realization that everything I was taught was just not true. Like it, it was no longer true in my body. And from that moment, I could never turn back. It was like, okay, well, I know that's not true. So what do I believe now? What do I believe about my body and sex? And it just sent me on this long journey of figuring that out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wait, when, so did you have an orgasmic birth? I didn't. Um, I wouldn't consider it that one orgasmic. My second one much more was much more orgasmic than that one. The second one, I it was, I was only in labor for 30 minutes. So that one, <laughs> yeah, I birthed babies quick. I love uh, it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That one's a lot different, but you know, orgasmic is a word that needs to be redefined. And I think had I had a definition of it, that was more encompassing to women's pleasure and uh, orgasmic experiences that yes, I could consider both of them orgasmic because they did, uh, like the definition, the definition of orgasm that I like to use is where there's a pleasurable sensation and that pleasurable sensation expands in your body. So there's an expansion and then that expansion results in a surrendered or maybe not so much a surrendered, but some sort of mind state shift. And definitely with that being said, I could consider my births orgasmic because they did completely result in that super surrendered mind state out of this world shift. Mm. And that is an orgasmic experience in and of itself. So it's not like what you would define, like 
I had an orgasmic birth where, you know, like I'm touching my clit and I'm having a clitoral orgasm. Yeah. It's not like a friction based orgasmic experience. That's not what the concept is. It's about like just being and so in your body and so overtaken by the wave of energy that you can do nothing but surrender to it. And that is orgasmic. <laughs> mm, I love that. Okay, so for the women that are listening, maybe they only have clitoral orgasms. They've had vaginal. Rarely, what would you say? Like, how do people get more? Because I, I hear this a lot too, and I'm sure you, they only experience clitoral. And then when you mention the other types, they think, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right now I'm running a virtual orgasm school where we're, we're going over the eight different types of female orgasm. And the thing about it is like, I get so many comments like, wait, there's eight different types of orgasm. Like, actually there's infinite types of orgasm. <laughs> but women are always so surprised uh, of what, it, what can be an orgasmic experience. Um, so clitoral orgasms are the tip of the iceberg when it comes to pleasure and orgasm that is available to your body. Uh, that is just a tiny, tiny, tiny portion. Uh, the depth of the iceberg, in my opinion, is a cervical orgasm. Like It's the most deep, the most spiritual, the most emotional awakening experience ever. Um, so, you know, a clitoral orgasm is kind of like a sugar rush, a sugar high, you know, but a cervical orgasm is like an organic feast of deliciousness that lasts for a really long time. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of experiences that you can have, but there's so much negative conditioning trauma that makes your vagina numb, atrophied, and desensitized that you don't experience these things. And also a lack of education. Some women, I swear to God, are just put on this earth to be orgasmic in all the ways. <laughs> um, and they don't actually have to do any work to have them. And it's, you know, it, they're very, very, very few and far between. So if you're not having all of these different types of orgasms, and the reasons that you're not is because of, of the numbness, desensitization, and the atrophy, uh, that is a result of negative conditioning, personal, collective, and generational trauma, and a lack of education. The lack of education part is that I think every woman can experience them, any type of orgasm she wants, uh, but sometimes she just doesn't even know what she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And the education part is just teaching her that actually your clitoris is like five to six inches long, like the size of a typical penis. <laughs> uh, like it's not just the nub of that you see on the outside, like all of the um, internal uh, G spot, A spot, and cervical orgasm. Well, G-spot, A-spot, at least, are innervated by the, the clitoris. Like the clitoral network is attached to those parts. So if you want vaginal A-spot orgasms from penetration, like you got to touch it. <laughs> but many women only masturbate touching their clitoris and they don't actually have penetration when they masturbate or they don't use penetration when they masturbate. So like it's a skill too. So it's not just like the deep stuff. It's also like, actually there's, there's a few skills that you need to learn too. And that's the education component of it. Mm -hmm. Cause let's go into this real quick. Yeah. Cause I've heard from some one person interviewed and they were like, 
just cut off the clitoral orgasms completely. So you can mainly focus on the vaginal because so many women are so disconnected from that. And we go right away to, let me have a clitoral. Even like during sex, and I've noticed this is me too. What would you say about that? I always tell when women uh, join my coaching programs that they need to, they don't need to go on a complete fast, but I do want them to not do what they've been doing at least 50% of the time. So I think it's a really good rule of thumb to, okay, yeah, sure. You want your clear orgasms. Got it. Like every, <laughs> we need that shit. You know? <laughs> uh, like, we don't need to cut it out of our lives. But like, if you're serious about like, yeah, I just want to have a vaginal orgasm more than anything in the world right now. Well, the quickest way you're going to get there is to just do a complete orgasm fast from your clitoris. Um, because you're going to force your body to build new neuronal networks in your brain, and it's going to happen a lot faster if you don't have the clitoral orgasms at all. But I think it's a lot more empowering and a lot more integrated when you allow yourself the pleasure and the orgasm, but just like make it a 50-50 thing, you know, like if you're trying to have a different type of orgasm, um, then, then work on that 50% of the time. Mm -hmm. And are you pro toy against toy? I hear mixed about this too. I am not pro vibrator at all. I am not a fan. I have seen way too much, uh, way too much numbness happening because of vibrators. Um, I think, you know, it can be an empowering tool for a woman that's never had an orgasm before. Uh, but I've just seen too many issues with it and i you know it's great if you want to use a vibrator sure yeah use it half the time uh, but the other half play explore learn new things like this shouldn't you shouldn't have that everyone's got that one go-to thing right like you don't want that to be the only go-to thing and if you're only ever using a vibrator it will very likely become a one go-to thing and then there's like your body becomes shut down to other forms of pleasure and that is limiting. So my thing is that if whatever you're doing feels that it's limiting your pleasure and it's not expanding your pleasure, then stop doing it. <laughs> so the same thing goes with fantasies. Like women ask me all the time, well, I have to fantasize to have an orgasm. I'm like, okay, well, how does that feel for you is the first question. Are you happy about that? And most of them will tell me that they're not happy with it. And I said, well, then you've got, you got to stop with the fantasies and you've got to try something else if it feels good for you awesome <laughs> if you feel that it makes your pleasure more expansive and you have better orgasms because of it freaking awesome have the fantasies all you want but a lot of times that's not the case yeah and then what about porn too because i hear makes about that too some people you know in our industry are like no and then other people are like mm. uh, i this i have the same stance with vibrators with fantasies if you feel that it expands your pleasure absolutely go for it if you feel like it limits your pleasure then stop doing it mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you on that i also have talked to women that they've gotten divorced over it so i can see that being a over porn yeah men have way more issues with porn than women do though yeah it, it becomes an absolute addiction for a lot of men and I work with men too. So I know very well um, 
what those issues are, it's usually a shame spiral. So they become addicted to the porn and harder and harder porn because it's, um, it, they feel safe to have the shame. The, the shame is something that they had from when they were little and their brain doesn't, your brain doesn't freaking care how much pleasure you can experience or not. Your all your brain is, is caring about is whether or not you can survive an experience and the brain knows it can survive shame. So it doesn't, it doesn't easily let you let go of shame. And for men, the porn thing is it spirals you back into shame and that's what keeps them in it. And to break free from that, it's like, you've got to actually work with the shame itself. And that's very deep work right there. Mm. I've done a lot of work around my shame and sexuality and I feel like there's always more work to do. So that's, yeah. <laughs> For sure. So what would you say to women? Oh, wait, I want to ask one more question. Are you pro dildo too or no? No dildo either. Uh, I, I'm, I am pro dildos that don't have nasty components on them that are toxic to your vagina. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like have you heard of chakra rubs? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I love the glass dildo. So I use the icicle number eight one mm -hmm. and then the laid moonstone D1 dildo. Those are my favorites. Um, they, they aren't porous and they don't have any toxic chemicals on them that your vagina is not going to be okay with um, or that could cause cancer because <laughs> a lot of the um, plastic or whatever material they use to make the dildos it's just like you can smell it it smells disgusting mm, yeah oh yeah God, no i tell so you gross. i'm like oh girl i would never put that shit in my vagina uh -uh. <laughs> get a glass or a moonstone dildo yeah much more oh, moonstone okay i'll look that one up i have the rose quartz okay but i always love you know there's always more to buy <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so what would you say, what would be your final takeaway for the women and the men listening? Want to experience more pleasure in this interesting time that we're in? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, your pleasure, again, it's not a luxury. Like, it's not, uh, this is women's vital life force. And when you're not connected to it, you are only going to become more depleted. Uh, you're only going to create more dis-ease in your body and you're only repressing things more. So staying stuck in a perpetual survival mode is weakening your body, like literally weakening your body, making you more tired. Um, so this is not beneficial for anyone, especially if you already have underlying health issues. Like it it should be that much more important to do things that feel pleasurable to you, whether that's just having more sex uh, or self-pleasuring more often. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm single right now. What do I do? I actually just put out a podcast episode on that last week. Um, so some of the tips were like, you know, just combing your hair. You can use a hair oil, uh, like wrapping yourself in a blanket. Um, using a feather even to just apply light touch to you, um, you know, just making sure that you're getting touch and affection and you're feeling pleasure in your body, that you're activating pleasure in your body, that you're connecting to it. Like 
if you weren't doing it before or if you were doing it before you need to be doing it like 10 times the amount that you were doing before because this is going to be your lifeline um like i swear the only way i'm making it through this time right now is i've had more sex than in, in the last month than probably the last year combined <laughs> i love it <laughs> uh, so you know it's just a way to keep the endorphins high uh, the hormones the the oxytocin flowing so that the arguing isn't persistent and you don't end up building resentment um, and if it's like a really big challenge for you to make pleasure a priority because you're a total people pleaser and you totally put yourself last all the time, well, girl, you got to fix that shit because <laughs> that's, that's not helpful for anybody, not for anybody. So, um, mm. yes, I love that final takeaway. Listen, that was me with the people pleaser. I dated a guy back in 2017. This is when this whole started. And I was like, I have to fix this because laying next to someone, not having orgasms, like. And then you don't feel anything during sex. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm so thankful we had this conversation. It's such a great um, talk. Okay, so wh where can people find you? TheMultiOrgasmicMama.com. Mama is spelled M-A-M-A. -A, and you can find me on Instagram at Tilly.Storm. Okay, cool. I will put your links below. Thank you so much. Beautiful people, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, comment below, and then DM either of us if you have any comments. All right, bye.